You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler. Behind the boards, it's been a a very, very hectic time for Dorian Finney-Smith since the last time we, we tracked the Portsmouth native, right? We tracked the 757, something we do here on the show, where we, uh, we figure out what the players that have grown up or have connections to this area are doing at the highest levels of their sport. Since the last time we've uh, we've talked about Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, he moved cross-country uh, because he was traded. Do you think this is just a side conversation? Dorian Finney-Smith was on the Mavericks, right? Playing a ton of minutes, very, very good player. They had extended him, given him a big contract, changed his life financially, Uh do you think he learned that they had traded for Kyrie Irving or that they had traded him away first? Do you think there was a, some moments where someone came up to him, we traded for Kyrie, and his mind went to, it's going to be me, it's going to be Kyrie, and it's going to be Luka, and we're going to be the best friends that anybody's ever had. Uh, do you think there was, there was, or do you think someone said, you're traded you away? It's like, oh, no. They're getting Kyrie. Ooh. Like I, I, the the order of operations there would be funny to me. I would imagine it's the Kyrie news first, just because that was already floating in the ethos. So it so it, it probably came through to like the locker room wherever he was. Like, yo, we traded for Kyrie, and everybody got real excited. And then there probably was like two minutes later, everybody realized, what did we have to give up? You. That's a cold blooded realization, right? Well, we had to give up some picks, okay, and uh, and what else? You don't worry, Dinwiddie's going with you. All right, let's see how that goes. Um, so he, he goes from Dallas, where he was playing alongside Luca, had every expectation, right? They're gonna d- do things in the West, they're gonna go chase championships. Now he's in Brooklyn and he's thinking, hey, at least I'm gonna get to play with Kevin Durant, right? Once Kevin Durant gets healthy, it's me, Kevin Durant, and Spencer Dinwiddie. We're gonna be the three best friends that anybody could have. And then they went, well. Uh, we're going to trade Kevin Durant. Hey, but we're going to get back 900 picks. I don't know what that does for you right now, but we're going to have a lot of draft picks. All right, fine. And then, once you know, there was a couple games he missed because of the, the whole trade, right? You got to travel. You got to get accustomed to the team and whatever. They, they play their first game, and they win by a bunch. And matter of fact, Dorian Finney-Smith in the first game he played for Brooklyn played roughly 35 minutes and it was plus 32 in plus minus. So when he was on the court, they won by 32. He's like, ah, that's easy. Get away from Luka and I'm the man. Even though I only scored nine points. Uh, I am awesome. Then they went loss-loss. I think it's going to be a tough run for him. And And it's unfortunate because... Dorian Finney-Smith, in my estimation, is the best alongside a player like Luka, like KD, like Kyrie, like all of these players that were kind of in orbit around him during all these moves. I don't know if it's his if it's best utilization of his skills 
to expect him to be one of the straws that stirs the drink. He's much better as somebody that can be effective with less eyeballs on him, meaning glue guy, dirty worker, right? He'll he'll rebound for you. He'll play defense. He'll be where he's supposed to be, right? We'll, we'll, we'll put him in positions to knock down threes, put him in positions to to impact the game in ways that a high-volume player would appreciate. The, now he's on the nets, and they don't necessarily – I mean, they have a couple guys that like to think they're high-volume players, but they don't have the 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 vacuum that is Luka Doncic. Right? I think that's part of the reason why uh, he worked so well with the Mavericks because Luka was able to grow and grow and grow. He, You know, you want to get real middle school science with it? The middle school science analogy is Dorian Finney-Smith is a liquid – Right, he molds to the the shape of the container he's in. So if you put him in a bucket, he'll be the shape of a bucket. You put him in a glass, he'll be the shape of a glass. A bowl, he'll be the shape of a bowl. And and whatever you need him to do, he can do. But you know, you're probably not best to to you know, stand on him or something. Right? He's he's not the the structure of it. So looking at what he's been able to do uh, since he got to to Brooklyn, right? He's he's doing what he always does. Handful of points, handful of rebounds, couple of assists, a lot of minutes, good to go. Right, he's taken four threes exactly in every game. He's made thirty three percent of them. Like it's, it, you know what you're going to get. He'll shoot that percentage a little bit higher, but you know, small sample size, thirty three percent. That's fine. Um, he's going to give you, a, you know, a couple fouls. He's going to give you a couple hustle plays. He did have one slamma mamma jamma highlight play uh where where you know look out below somebody's underneath there and they're going to be on a poster he can do that but i again i don't know if it's best for him to to at times have to run the offense or at times have to be the guy on the on the court and occasionally the nets are going to ask him to now the flip side of that is if he can develop that part of his game interesting right i, I don't think he's he has it yet but if by pure necessity like the nets are like listen when the second unit's out there if you're still out there you're gonna have to be the guy that that takes over if eventually he becomes comfortable in that role and he can be someone that can you know be a defensive stopper three and d guy with the ones and then occasionally take over with the twos i mean renegotiate i mean then then you have a little bit a little bit extra extra leverage and that's how you build leverage um you know right opportunity sometimes is the the best teacher Right, if he would have stayed alongside Luca, or if KD stayed in Brooklyn, he was alongside KD. Maybe his game in that way would not have have uh, developed. But now that there is a little bit more space, maybe he will develop into something more. At the very least, he'll ride out the rest of the season with Brooklyn, uh, and then the, I guarantee you, Brooklyn is going to be making moves in the offseason. They don't they don't want to stink very long. And they have all of these picks. They'll be in the in the mix to to bring in more players, to sign free agents, to do all those sorts of things. There's a world where where DFS Dorian Finney-Smith ends up in uh, on a contender next as soon as next season. And if he is on a contender as soon as next season, then uh, then he can go back to doing what he does best, right? Doing the dirty work, knocking down timely shots, uh, rebounding, defense, all that sort of stuff, and allowing the stars to take most of the spotlight. And taking, you know, 12, 13, 14 million for his services. 
Wouldn't that be awesome? Right? Wait, you're telling me I just got to kind of lay low here? 12, 13, 14 million dollars per season? Fine. And that's if he doesn't level up. If he levels up this year, then, you know, $20 million per season. That's still, I don't I don't see who's complaining with $20 million per season. The NBA money is getting kind of crazy. It's getting kind of baseball-like where the comps are out there for just about everybody, right? You, you, you see things like, uh, you know, Grant Williams is looking for a Tyler Hero deal. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Grant Williams in free agency is hoping to get uh, Pascal Siakam money. It's like, you used to be, you had to say, like, I'm looking to get an all-star money. I guess Pascal's an all-star. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's He's just not the brand name. Uh, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. This is the 757 at 6. Uh, please don't forget to follow us on social media. Instagram, at Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Twitter, we are still at ESPN Radio 941 but it'll eventually change to at Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. For now, you can just follow me at Donnelly Sports. All of our social media is brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Our guy, Wood Selig, that is the ODU Athletic Director, joined the the Tim Donnelly Show earlier today. When we come back, we are going to replay that conversation for you. We're going to talk about everything from uh, Zach Paschal, former ODU Monarch, catching a couple passes in the Super Bowl, to the men's and women's basketball team hitting their stride, heading into the most important part of their regular seasons. Baseball coming up and much, much more. Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director, joins the show next. All over Hampton Roads, for the best in local high school and college sports talk, it's the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Welcome back into Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Joining us, just as he does every Wednesday on the phone lines, Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. Uh, Dr. Selig, last time we talked, we were, we were out at the Super Bowl. Uh, let's put a bow on kind of tracking the ODU players or former ODU players throughout the NFL season. The Eagles couldn't quite pull out the win, but Zach Paschal made two catches for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, that's something you can't ever take away from them. What does that do for the program that somebody's out there in the Super Bowl making plays representing ODU? I know our fans enjoyed watching Zach as well as uh, Rick Lovato, mm-hmm. the long snapper. Um, it, it made the Super Bowl a lot more intriguing and interesting for ODU Monarch fans everywhere. So I'm, I'm ha- happy for them personally uh, and their families that they got a chance to probably take a lot of family members and friends uh, probably on their dime to the Super Bowl uh, and, and show them a good time out there in Arizona. So uh, hopefully we can keep keep that trend and, and continue to have ODU Monarchs in future Super Bowls. Uh, and then obviously with football season now completely wrapped, we, we focus on basketball a little bit more. Both the men's and women's team for, for ODU uh, on, a, on a little bit of upswing at, at the moment. That has to be a, a good feeling around the program, knowing that the conference tournament's yeah. right around the corner, just a few more regular season games, and they seem to be putting it all together. I tell you, the, the women are on a roll. Mm-hmm. We're, we're one game out of first place, so I'm really excited for Delisha Milton-Jones and her squad. And, and we have um, Appalachian State on tomorrow night at 6.30 on the women at home. And then we have uh, JMU. Uh, we're tied with JMU for second place. We have them Saturday at 2 o'clock. We also have all of uh, our former 
ODU Lady Monarchs are coming back uh, on that Saturday. So we, sh- we have a reception after the game, and a, you know we, we are going to recognize them at halftime. So that should be a big crowd for the women against JMU on Saturday. Our men go up to Harrisonburg tomorrow night, play JMU at 7 o'clock, and then they're, they stay on the road against Appalachian State Saturday at 4 and then we just have two more games next week, and then we're off to Pensacola for the tournament. The women have a chance, as do the men, to finish in the top four of the standings. And if you get a top four, you get a double bye. So you basically, you know, for the women, they wouldn't play until Friday, and for the men, uh, perhaps not till Saturday. So you you get a lot of rest at the end of the season. In, in advance of the conference tournament and the NCAA automatic bid. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU's athletic director, here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You bring up that game at JMU tomorrow for the, for the ODU men. Do you give any advice or, or do you expect the coaches to give any advice when you're going, you know, as a player, you think enemy territory of a rivalry, you're going to the opposite side of the Royal Rivalry Challenge and you know that it's going to be a, a pretty intense atmosphere? You know, the good thing is they're on a bus right now going to James Madison. They're due to get in around 4, 4.30 this afternoon. So it's an easy trip. They practiced late this morning. Uh, they're going to playing a really nice venue that Steve Ballard built. Uh, Steve Ballard not only built what is now Chartway Arena, but he also built the brand-new basketball convocation center up in Harrisonburg. So they should have some familiarity, at least from the the uh, construction aspect of the two buildings. But we're going to send a, a, a venture bus tomorrow with about 45 to 50 ODU fans to that game. And it just shows you when you get regional rivalries, when you get close proximity uh, to, to schools in your conference, you can do things like that and you can have quality trips for your student-athletes. So really, really like being back together with JMU in a conference relationship. Uh, a little bit different than the, the Texas State game where it seemed like the ODU fans were pretty much all emo Essians, friends and family being a player. Uh, from from Texas down there, at, and then playing at Texas Tech, Te- Texas State, excuse me. Uh, but that moment, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. how cool was that with the buzzer beater? Everything he's been through. We we kind of were in awe of it earlier this week when we when we discussed it. But but what's your take on it? Well, uh, obviously it was a road game. Uh, you know, was trying to follow it uh, on my phone on ESPN Plus on Saturday night and was following it at the end of the game uh, for the coast-to-coast drive by Emo. The sad thing for me, uh, I knew Emo was from Texas. I knew he had a lot of friends and family there in attendance. I missed the Ted Alexander radio call because I was watching the Texas State TV feed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody sent me Ted Alexander's radio call, and that is outstanding you talk about excitement between ted alexander and dave torzik and to me that kind of captured the essence of the moment and the significance of the last second win for odu i don't know if 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 your listeners if were listening to ted alexander have had a chance to to hear that but but that is pure joy and excitement 
We, exactly. And, and we actually played it for him again here uh, on Monday, I believe it was, because of everything you just described. Uh, and and the, the kind of, you know, I mean, buzzer beaters on the road, it always feels like you're, you're silencing the opponents and, and you could probably have heard your, your home radio broadcast in every corner of that, that arena, which is a, a cool deal. Uh, um, which, yeah, like I said, and a little plug, you could hear that game right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, just like all ODU men's basketball and uh, and women where the schedule allows. Uh, let's take a, mm-hmm. a, a quick trip over to the, the baseball side of things. They're kicking off this weekend, three games set against St. John's at home. How is the team looking? How excited are, are you that the, the baseball team, which has had a tremendous amount of success the last couple of years, is finally getting their season started? Really excited. We, we've won over 40 games for each of the last two years on the baseball side. We open up against St. John's out of the Big East. This is the first day, opening day Friday, for college baseball. I wish we were going to have tomorrow's weather on Friday, uh, but the weekend still looks good. We play Friday at 3 o'clock, Saturday at 2, and Sunday at 1 against St. John's, all three games. Really excited. I was talking with Coach Finwood just on, on Monday uh, we have a number of switch hitters, so uh, he indicated to me that, that if, if we're facing a right-handed pitcher, obviously you want to load the lineup with lefties. He says we can go seven or eight lefties because we have so many switch hitters. Vice versa, if we have a left-handed pitcher, we can go seven or eight right-handed batters against a left-handed pitcher. So we, we're going to be able to play the odds, play the statistics, uh, I think we're going to be a very good hitting team. He feels like we have a better pitching team this year than, than we had last year, and last year was very, very good. Uh, so we're one of the – there are 14 schools in the Sun Belt Conference who play baseball. Half of them, seven of the 14, were getting top 25 votes or were ranked in the top 25 by publications preseason. ODU is one of those seven that's getting top 25 recognition. So I'm hopeful for a, a really, really good season. Uh, this you know, will hopefully be the last year in the bud, and then we'll start construction uh, between this year and, and during the 24 season and open up the 25 season with a brand-new baseball stadium. So this, this will be uh, arguably the last year in the Bud Matheny ballpark. We, we talk often about how the, the conference games are so important, but but for uh, a team like like your baseball squad that's in such a talented conference, you just, you just illustrated how seven of the 14 getting top 25 votes, how important is it for them to take care of business during the non-conference part of their schedule so they can build in a little bit of uh, wiggle room, I guess you could say, going into that, that vaunted Sunbelt schedule? No, you're right, Tim. Because you know, you've, you've got to make all your non-conference games count as, as you know mostly wins. Because mm-hmm. there's no telling how the weekend series are going to go when you're going up against you know Southern Miss, who came into the Sun Belt with us. Georgia Southern is outstanding. Coastal Carolina is very good. Louisiana Lafayette is another good program. So you know we we've Sun Belt sent four schools uh, from from the Sun Belt last year to the NCAA tournament, and then Southern Miss and ODU have been NCAA participants. So arguably you've got six uh, on any given year are really positioned to be NCAA tournament teams. It makes the Sunbelt Conference on the same level as you would find in the ACC or the SEC as far as the depth of the schools 
that are NCAA postseason caliber programs. And it, it's also, you know, remarkable that, that Coach Finwood, we, we, we schedule Virginia every year. We schedule East Carolina every year. We schedule non-conference opponents that are also uh, NCAA caliber opponents. So we really go after the best, whether it's weekend or midweek. Uh, our ODU baseball student-athletes get to see some of the best college baseball talent throughout the year. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. Dr. Selig, before we let you go, uh, since the last time we talked, first career ODU win for Coach Teresa Walton of the uh, the lacrosse program. Uh, do you do anything? Do you celebrate uh, the first, or do you wait till they, they win like the 100th or something before you, you start getting commemorative balls made and those sorts of things? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question because on, on Saturday, uh, we're, we're going to give Delisha Milton-Jones a uh, basketball that commemorates her 50th okay. head coaching career <laughs> win at ODU. So, so there are, yeah, there are milestones, 50, 100, uh, but certainly you, you can't win 50 or 100 until you get your first one under your belt. So, and you're, you're on track to get movings. Uh, I don't know. That, that's, I hope we have a, a, a lacrosse ball from that, from that game uh, down in Elon that we won 12 to 11 because it would be nice uh, to present her with a commemorative, commemorative lacrosse ball from her first win as a head coach at Old Dominion. Uh, that was an important win. We, we, we lost six in a row uh, to end last season, and it was nice to get this season off to just a quick start with a really close, hard-played win down at Elon. We're, we're at VCU today, uh, and then we have one more road game before we come home. So hopefully we can figure out that commemorative number one win lacrosse ball between now and then. Dr. Selig, we appreciate you for stopping by every week, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again next week. Sounds good, Tim. Well, welcome back from Arizona. Right here, right now, it's time to talk high school and college sports in the 757. It's the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Seven five seven at six. ESPN Radio ninety four point one is our old name. Our new name is Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Something about the seven five seven at six. I just I, I I never say the right thing coming out. Half the time I call it the Tim Donnelly Show. Half the time I call us still ESPN Radio ninety four point one. That's okay. It, it is the seven five seven at six on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. And don't let anyone tell you different. Not even me. We blend D blue. That's right. I, I love. I, I hope that we, you know we're still gaining new new listeners and people are coming in. We had uh, Emma text in earlier saying she was a first time listener and she appreciated the show. Um, they have no idea what we blend D blue means, and I kind of love it. I just I, I just want to leave them in the dark. We blend D blue means whatever you want it to mean. It's like Hakuna Matata. I'm sure it'll come up at some point again. Maybe. Maybe, but if not, I, I kind of like the mysteriousness of it. Um, we talked with, with Dr. Woodsey Ligotius, athletic director, during that previous segment. We actually talked to him earlier today, uh, but we aired it during that previous segment. Uh, we're going to start with the really important stuff. I think the certain coaches are getting kind of gypped on their memorial game balls, right? We talked about it. The The women's lacrosse coach uh, won her first game. I said, are, like, did, are you waiting till she has some kind of – uh, like hundredth win to to get the the commemorative game ball, 
And and Dr. Selig said, well, actually, you know, funny you say that. On Saturday, we're giving Delisha Milton-Jones, the women's basketball coach, a commemorative basketball to to mark her 50th career win. But you're, you're completely right. We should try to track down a game lacrosse ball from uh, the lacrosse game against Elon where they won 12-11 for, for the first career victory and and see if we can't get it make it a commemorative ball. And that just seems like it's not a fair trade. A lacrosse ball is tiny. It's it's like recklessly hard. If you ever thrown it, it does a little bounce, skip bounce. Like it's it's a strange, harder to display, all scuffed up. Meanwhile, a basketball. If you have a basketball that's only been played with indoors, which obviously all NCAA bat game balls have, that thing looks like it's fresh out of the box. You can paint over a panel, put nice little writing on it. It looks like it's made for a display case. Football, great commemorative balls. Commemorative game ball. You, again, you paint the panel. You can put the score on it. Looks white. It looks nice. Autographed. Make it happen. Baseball, meh. There's a lot of good displays for baseballs, but you need like seven of them to like fill out the case. You can't just have one. Even in the Sandlot, right? They had the one ball that was the big one with all the. Well, yeah, but when you go over to to James Earl Jones' house, he has the display of like a hundred of them. It looks much cooler. Don't even get like. Do you get a commemorative tennis ball? If the tennis coach wins like their hundredth career victory, you can't write on a tennis ball, and you can't write on a tennis racket either. Oh, you can't. T- we can take a racket from one of the one of the players. Sorry, I know this is your your game racket, but uh, coach just won his hundredth game. <laughs> Give me that golf ball. So certain coaches like volleyball. That's a good one. There's a lot of panels there. It's it's white. Plays inside. Looks brand new. I'm just saying, if you're going to go into coaching, think about it. Think about it. Hockey puck is small, but there's ways to do it. Hockey puck could be cool. Could be. But you need again, I think you need a lot of them. Agreed. You got to give one like every 10 career victories so you have something cool. But I've been in a ton of of like dens and stuff where where guys have like the jersey swap stuff. They have them all over the wall. And then they have like a whole section of game balls. And the football game balls look great. They look really like they're, they're it's like you get jealous when you have a football game ball. Um I'm not sure you get the same vibe from a lacrosse ball. Lacrosse ball might be the worst of the bunch. They get so scuffed up and they're 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 kind of like like the opposite matte, like they're they're like intentionally not shiny. It'd be tough. So give, give them a, give them something else. A plaque. I know a plaque is boring, but a plaque. You think Heineke? I know he buys a pair of of Jordans for himself. You think he buys a commemorative? commemorative pair to hang up every time he beats the team the cleats or a pair of jordans that he has I, well he if if he is a true sneaker and i believe he is uh and once you have money you you traditionally buy one to wear one to put on ice so my guess is that's what he's doing right all the color ones he wears one that he wears to like the press conference on tuesday and he has one that he immediately puts in his closet never to be worn as like an investment if i if if i had to guess that's what he's doing but also like heineke I guarantee you he he already has probably 10 game balls that the team has given him because he's a backup quarterback. And every single time a backup quarterback comes into a game and plays well, you're getting a game ball. Uh, he's getting a game ball from the Tom Brady game in the playoffs. Uh, he's getting a game ball from the first time he stepped in the next year. Uh, he's getting a game ball from every win. He's get, like he, The guy's probably got 10 game balls. He's got like 10 wins. Game balls are, are a funny thing. Do you um, and uh, 
Sorry, now this whole conversation is just going to be about game balls. It wasn't intended that way, but what are you going to do? Um, uh, curse intercepted Tom Brady, and it turns out a uh, curse on the Cowboys ended up being the last interception Tom Brady ever threw. And he kept it just because it's like, hey, it was a playoff interception. This could be cool for me. Then Tom Brady retires. He puts out on Twitter, glad I kept this one with a, with a picture of it. It's like, yeah, that that unlike Mike Evans, you're not passing it to someone in the front row. There was, there was a, um, I think it was Emmett Smith kept every touchdown ball that he ever scored. And now he has like a, just a basement storage locker with like 500, however many he scored, 190 uh, touchdown balls. But it, it is, I, I kind of think that's a cool thing, right? Uh, or um, Cam Newton used to do the opposite, right? Every touchdown he scored, he, he would run over and give it to a kid. He'd find a kid in his jersey and give it to him. That's kind of cool as well. I just think, you know, you work really, really hard to make big plays in, in the NFL. Once you do it, you should celebrate, right? And and I'm not saying you, you can't be Barry Sanders and flip it to the ref and run, run off to the sideline. Like, if that's you, that's you. But just understand that you worked really hard to do it, so you might as well keep it. Like, if you're a, a lacrosse women's coach, you got a first year, first win at ODU. You worked really hard to become a head coach at ODU. You got to win. There should be a moment where you sit back and go, hey, I want to remember this. And I don't know if it's keeping a lacrosse ball, a plaque, write it down, get an autograph, a a team poster, get it signed, do something, write the score. I don't know. But that is, you know, you're going to want to look back at that at the end of your career. Uh, Uh, I would also love to know how that tracking down process, do they have to call up Elon and be like, hey. I know the game was last weekend. Can you do you have any of the game balls that you can send to us next time we're down? There? We'll grab it or you can mail yeah. it. We'll, we'll pay for 100% shipping. 100% they're just going to go. Yeah, we got one. Grab a practice ball, put it in the mail. Uh 757 at 6 Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh I'm going to get out of here. Robbie's going to close out the show with Robbie's roundout when we come back. Uh and uh, tomorrow at 3 the Tim Donnelly show we start it all over again. I'll see you then. Enjoy Robbie's roundout coming up next. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundup. Or wait a minute. It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today, here's Robbie Vogler on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. Robbie's Roundout. That's what we are calling it today. Roundabout, you know, Roundup. It depends on the day. It really does. But but happy, happy Wednesday to you. Tomorrow, it will be a, a shortened 757 at 6, which means Robbie's roundout will not happen, which means I got to get some some housekeeping out of the way today. But I have a I have an idea. I'm thinking I'm, there's a possibility that I'll be uh, after we get off the air tomorrow that I will be heading to the Chartway Arena to watch the ODU women's basketball Game. We'll update you that on that tomorrow. Potentially, if I'm there, I'm going to do my best to have some sort of giveaway to give away so that you guys can go out there and you'll have a chance to win something. Again, that's only if I go. So you got to listen to the Tim Donnelly show and, of course, the 757 at 6 tomorrow to see if I'm going to be out at the Charlie Arena for your chance to win something. If I'm not, obviously, you can't win anything. But if I am, we will let you know, and I promise you will have an opportunity to win something at the Chartway Arena tomorrow. Whether I'm going to be there or not, you should be there. 
Well, we talked about we 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 talk about going and supporting ODU athletics. This women's team is on like a five-game winning streak. They've got the two what I'm calling the two biggest games of the season coming up this tomorrow and on Saturday. I encourage you all to go pack the Chartway Arena. Go pack the Chartway Arena. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, I'll be there. And hopefully, I'll see you. And maybe I'll have something for you to win. You'll just have to wait till tomorrow to find out. Anyway, also next Tuesday, I'm going to be hosting a trivia contest, kind of drinks, happy hour, and trivia at Waterside. It's going to be Ad Bowl Trivia. I will be out there directly after the Tim Donnelly show. So right after, right at 6, I will be leaving the studio and bolting it safely and with the speed limit, of course. Not going to be speeding there. But I'll be heading on over to Waterside District. That is next Tuesday, the 21st, to host a some trivia based on the, the Super Bowl commercials. Now, I'm not sure. I'm talking to the to the organizers tomorrow. Hopefully, I don't have to have watched because I didn't pay attention that closely to the commercials. But that's another schedule. That that's something that we can we can worry about when the time comes. But anyway, Waterside District. It's called Ad Bowl Trivia and Happy Hour. There's an event on Facebook. You can go check that out and, and RSVP and all that stuff. Hope to see you there next Tuesday. Also, not this weekend, but next weekend, the 25th is the VHSL Class Five State Indoor Track and Field Championships. Class 5 and Class 6 at the Virginia Beach Sportsplex, the the new big thing right across from the convention center out in Virginia Beach. I'll be out there doing the, the PA announcing for that on Saturday. Obviously, I wish I could be out there Friday and Saturday, but we got the 757 and 6. I got Robbie's round out to do, and of course, the Tim Donnelly Show right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. But I will be doing the PA announcing on Saturday for the state track and field championships. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the regionals that happened this past weekend. And man, am I excited. As somebody, I'm not going to lie. So, uh, so I was talking to the organizers of the event a while back. And he asked me, hey, would you be interested in doing this on, on on the 25th for states so where you know it's obviously in town would you be interested and i said of course i would be interested as a as a former track athlete especially right here in the state of virginia i take pride in, in the track and field that this area has i i talk about it i i am very passionate about track and field as a sport and we talk about Grant Holloway all the time, the things that he has done. Well, you know what? Grassfield, Grant Holloway's alum, is is in prime position to, to win the state championship. And not only on the women, but, but on the men's side as well. And it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch them in a couple of weeks, about a week and a half, perform and, and do what they do because, again, these are two of the top – programs in the state of Virginia. They just won regionals this past weekend. They're going to have a couple weeks off before they head to states. Grassfield has been a a juggernaut 
in high school track and field, indoor and outdoor, for as long as I can remember. I remember that first year, those first couple of years, the first state champion from Grassfield was Amanda Smith in the 800. I'm very close friends with Amanda Smith's family. Her family is like a second family to me. And she was very successful throughout her entire high school career, went on to Virginia Tech, was very successful there. So Grassfield has been around for a long, long time. And they are are poised to not only dominate like they did in the regionals this past weekend, but in a week and a half at States in their backyard in Virginia Beach. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kellen was second, Western Branch. Let me tell you, it is going to be a heck, heck of a battle. Because I, I truly believe the top two teams in the state in the in in class six A are right here in Chesapeake, are right here in the seven five seven, possibly even the top three. And that's Grassfield, Western Branch, and Oscar Smith. We've talked about this over and over, and many times right here on the 757 at 6 and Robbie's Roundup, we have talked about just how good those teams are. And I look forward to watching them live and in person on Saturday the 25th, and I hope you'll you'll come out there and join. It's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of Class 5, Hickory. The Hickory girls won their regional title. And boy, oh boy. It, yeah, I'll tell you this. I don't like to say, I don't, I don't like to say that. Okay. You know what? Hickory was my, was my rival in high school. I hate to see them do well, but it's hard when Camille Johnson is winning the, the thousand to 1600 when she is, is, is right next to her counterpart. Junior Emmy Maloyly, Maluli, who won the 3200 and then, of course, was a runner-up in the 1600. All this is happening in a couple weeks at the Virginia Beach Sportsplex. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of things going on. That, that's what I'm, I'm pretty much saying. I know this entire segment was just, you know, kind of, hey, what's going on? Some housekeeping here and there. But there's, But my point is, and we talk about it, there's so much, so much happening. Here in the 757, not only in our backyard in Virginia Beach, but also at ODU in Norfolk. This is a, a crunch time for a lot of athletes in the area. It's state time. You know, th- there's basketball going on. There, there's track and field continuing to go on. Swimming is getting ready for states. So much is happening right here in the state of Virginia. And some of the top programs, some of the top schools in the state of Virginia are happening are right here in the 757. Yesterday we talked about Tab. We, we talked about their their girls wrestling program. Wrestling states is coming up. Regionals just concluded for them. And then once that whole thing kind of wraps up, when the winter sports wrap up, guess what's next? Baseball, soccer, all the fun sports in the spring cuz it gets it gets warm and it's nice. That's going to wrap things up for the 757 at 6 and Robbie's Roundout. We will be back on Friday. That's right. Taking the day off tomorrow. 
not really. I'm not taking the day off. We'll still be here for the Tim Donnelly show from three to six right afterwards. I maybe you're going to have to keep a, keep an eye at. You're going to have to listen to the Tim Donnelly show in seven, five, seven and six tomorrow before the broadcast to see if I'm going to be at the uh, Trotway arena. Because if I am at the Trotway arena, you may just see me and you may just be able to win something. I don't know what that something is yet, but it'll be something good. Until then, have a great, great rest of your night. I'm going to go home until Friday. Until tomorrow, talk to you later. See ya!